Well, our moms think we're funny. Right, hi, I'm Akomi. Hey everybody, it's Turk182. Welcome to Our Moms Think We're Funny. Uh, you know, I um I know I said this the earlier, but I just gotta say it again. I'm uh I'm super excited to uh this is what our second or third recording for season three. Yeah. And I'm just so excited uh to that we're we're in our third season, you know. Yeah. This that's it's I, you know, we, crazy to think about, and we've talked about it off the podcast, that like the average for podcasts is that they only run seven episodes before they die. Really? Yeah. Only seven? Yeah. So That's wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty it's pretty wild that uh we just can't take a hint. So <laughs> Well, you know, we we said about this and um, and our let's watches is that you know as long as we're having fun, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we want more. We want to uh, we want to have you know lots of viewers and share our you know what we think is a is a fun time. And uh, but as long as as we're having fun, then we'll keep doing it. I'm still having fun. I think this is awesome. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's a blast. And we were fortunate enough to uh, to become a part of the uh, well, I should say a part. I don't know, it makes it seem like we're. A fit, you know, we're being sponsored by them, but that uh, our mom's secret funny is now available on iHeartRadio too. Yeah, so that just happened right before the launch of season three. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, that's super exciting. Yeah, so I mean that just kind of helps fuel me even more. And uh, at the same time, you know, uh, want to make the show better too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really proud of what we've done. You know, not every episode has been like a surefire smash hit, but I can always find something in there or a couple of things in each episode that really makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, being where we are and going to season three, it does make me want to, uh, to kind of really push things, um, further and try to make it still better and, and, and keep it the way that we always, uh, envisioned it to be. Yeah, totally. All right. So, so with that said, what you got for me? So, uh, well, we've, we've talked a bit, uh, I mean, as, as anybody who listens to the show at all knows, we're both huge comic fans, and, uh, you and I have been talking... Hey, don't on, we make those? On occasion, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, such as they are. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could always stand to make a little, a few more. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get more into it, um, definitely trying to get more productive with things. I'm sure, what I need to do is, because I'm buying tons of comic books... Um, and of course, I, we, I've got the other podcast, Wallcrawler, um, in the gutters. Yeah. Uh, I need to start limiting myself to, I need to write a comic book for every 10 I buy hmm. because I'm buying a shit ton of comic books on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. And then, and the thing is like, you know, and when it comes to a trade, you have, uh, you have to make an evil thing, even thing for every trade I buy, I've got to write an issue. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Cause I'm buying way more than, than I'm, I'm producing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I dig that. But, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I'm more into, like, independent guys than you are. Uh, I, I do more with the indie books. And as a result, I tend to gravitate more towards webcomics than you do, I think. And there's some really good webcomics out there. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, Bad Machinery. I've really enjoyed Sam and Fuzzy. Um it got yeah. He took it down so he could sell the book. But Doug Tenaple did Ratfist as a web comic a lot of years ago, and that was that was a great web comic. And of course, you know, like everybody reads like PVP and Penny Arcade and stuff like that. I've I've read through the archives of those before. 
But uh, you and I have both stumbled across some more recent webcomics, and, you know, they're kind of viral, like, little one-hit wonders. It's not like, you know, it's not like the old days where, you know, oh, yeah, everybody and their grandma read Penny Arcade and everybody knew about it. And even if you didn't read the whole thing, you were at least familiar with it. And I really don't see that happening anymore, but I do see a lot of these, like, viral little one-page comics that just take off like crazy. Like the This Is Fine Dog. And, And, uh, you know, there was actually, um, there was actually one that I was reading, uh, a webcomic, and uh, I I quite enjoyed it until I met the creator. (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) And the, the creator wasn't a bad person, but they had absolutely no personality. It's like, I was trying to talk to them, and I'm like... Why are you here? Yeah. Like, you, you're not engaging me in any way in any kind of, like, conversation. And I was like, okay. okay. And you know that? that really just kind of put me off. Like, so they weren't, they weren't, they weren't mean. They weren't rude. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, there. And I'm like, well, you're here to promote your stuff, right? And I think that and it with, was just like, oh. Yeah, I think with webcomic artists, they tend to be, and, you know, I, I would like to launch a webcomic someday. I've talked about that for years. For oh, as yeah. long as we've known each other, I've talked about doing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm slowly gathering stuff together. But uh, I think webcomic artists tend to be even more socially awkward and hermetic than a normal comic artist because it's like they're just there. They're at their home alone working on it on their computer. They're just – they're going to be a lot less likely to do this like typical con scene that we're used to of like, you know, I've, I've got to put myself out there and kind of sell myself. So uh, – and yeah, you know, that that's happened with me and you. Like, I, I introduced you to that one guy who did that really, really nice fantasy webcomic. Um, I don't want to drop his name because it was a really awkward conversation, but uh, I had you, uh, I talked to him to buy in his book at Heroes that year. The the, the thick one they haven't read yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 it's, it's over there and I, I keep I keep wanting to, but it's it, like everything else that yeah. I, I get and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a big time investment, but yeah, mm-hmm. like you and I were like trying to have a conversation with the guy and it was like, yeah, no, I really like your stuff. And he's like, uh-huh. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and I know that uh, not not to get get you know off on something different here, but I know that when it comes to a lot of these people, I'm not gonna say they're awkward individuals because that's not that's not it. But there's something to be said for um, for people that that do this kind of work. That a lot of them, you know, they they have a very tight knit like social network, mm-hmm. and they're it's not that they're not used to being in crowds or being out with people, but it that's that's kind of it it's not their uh, that's not their their normal routine it is yeah, it is yeah. kind of stepping out of their their, their comfort zone yeah and, yeah, that's and a good way it, of putting it. it can be a little awkward to try to engage in people um and in conversation for things and and especially when someone is coming like you know you know what you do and you like your work and you think you're good at it but when someone's coming up to you and they're like like man i love your stuff it's so great you are awesome you are just amazing and and it's like you know it's like how do you take that and because, you know, most people, most people will look and be like, they'll look at their work and be like, man, I, I'm not happy with the way that page turned out. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with the way that page turned out. And as fans, we won't even see those little, like, oh, yeah. what they see as imperfections. And we just keep going. So I can see where when you're not used to that, it yeah. can make it a little bit awkward. But then at that same time, that's what we want our monthly people to be like. We want them to be humble. Yeah. You know, so, but then we also criticize them when they are, when they are humble <laughs> because that humble or modesty turns into awkwardness. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Then just kind of makes things feel like weird. 
I, I don't know, because, like, you know, with some of the pros, a lot of the pros who I'm, like, super, super fond of are also really humble guys, and they do amazing, you know, like, they've, they've changed the face of the industry. Just like when I met Stan Sakai, you know, the rumors are true, he is the nicest guy in comics, and he was just, he was, like, so warm and so personable, and even though... You know, the, you, I mean, you were you were there. The line was just crazy long, wrapped around the entire convention hall, like, the entire weekend. And so, like, I only had, like, 30 seconds to talk to him, but it felt like I was the only person that really mattered to him in that 30-second span. And that's fantastic. Yeah, that, that's great. That was, like, such a good interaction. But, uh, but, but yeah, um... It is it is kind of a weird balance because, you know, I, if I tell somebody that I'm a big fan of their work, I don't want them to be like, why wouldn't you be? Like, <laughs> okay. Well. That's fantastic. <laughs> Fuck you too, buddy. I'll tell you, I um, I backed a, uh, an artist on, uh, on Kickstarter that I've known from some work that he'd done in the past. Um, and uh, he's... He's not quite as indie as some of the other people because he has worked for some of the, the like the big companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's done his uh, his own thing, and I backed a um, I backed a, a project that he'd done, and something with the anybody's backed Kickstarter before with different things would know that um, some uh, when if you're the person that had that's doing the Kickstarter. You, you go through the uh, their whole service and you'll send like a uh, an email out or something kind of like an update that will go to everybody. And, you know, it happens a lot of times with surveys where they'll send surveys out and be like, okay, the survey is going to be closing, you know, in two days. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I don't have uh, my responses from these people. But sometimes... <laughs> Please send me your current address. <laughs> right. I get that a lot with my Kickstarters. <laughs> but then sometimes, like, I'll never get that. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, like, I won't get the email with that. But it'll go into like a notifications or an, an email in Kickstarter itself, either yep, through the app yep. or through the website, but it won't ever email to me. But then I'll get all the other emails and I'm like, I never got that, but then they can't send it back out. Mm-hmm. So this guy was like, um, he was like, Hey, um, you know, I need, I need you to, to complete the survey. I was like, dude, I never got it. He's like, well, check through all your stuff, check your spam. And so I went through everything. I was like, look, I, I don't have it, man. And uh, I saw in the, um, and one of the, the updates in the comments, he mentioned somebody. He's like, "Well, um, if you don't complete the survey, you're still going to get your 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 book, but it'll be after I've sent everything else out, right, and then I'll right. be able to, I'll be able to tell what I've got left." And I was like, "Look, I saw that your response to that person. Uh, I'm calling the gang if I got to wait for it. You know, not a big deal. I'm going to get my book. I know that. So right, if right. I get mine like a couple weeks after everybody else, you know, it's it's no big deal. I mean, yeah. there there are things I've, that uh, I've kickstarted that were like a year late there are things that i kickstarted that, that i received that were nowhere near um what they were originally supposed to be and there's things yeah. like kickstarted that i had never seen and never will see uh so i've, it, I've so, had pretty good experience with kickstarter and indiegogo so far but it's also like you know pretty select people that i back it's only been i think two items um there were Two items that I backed that I didn't get and um, and never will get. There was um, one that I got that was completely different than how I how I backed it, mm. and I knew I was in trouble when halfway through after the Kickstarter ended and halfway through the campaign, they were like, "Yeah, we've made some changes." You know, as we've been playtesting this game, I'm like, um, <laughs> "That that comes before you do the Kickstarter. You're playtesting it, and I'm like." Um, Overall, though, the game isn't bad. It's fun, but the way it was originally, um, like, pitched mm-hmm. was a lot different. Um, 
But overall, I, I can't complain. I did get everything. It was a little late, but I did get everything I was supposed to. Yeah. Another one, though, actually hit a uh, a financial issue, and there was a big like lawsuit. Excuse me. Um, uh, I shouldn't say lawsuit. There was a. Uh, it was a uh, actually no, sorry. It was there was uh, there were three because I, I don't have my Terminator game. I did get my oh, Evil yeah. Dead one after all that. Yep, yep, after yep. Space Goat went all fucked hard, <laughs> um, and then um, uh, crap, what's it? Um, uh, Jasko and Lynn Vader, they mm-hmm. came in and picked it up and and all that. But I never get my Terminator one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, but then there was another one too. But then there was another one which you know I'm just gonna go ahead and mention it. It was the the. The one that was uh, the Bruce Lee one, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I remember that. That had uh, had the the it was officially licensed by like the the Lee estate or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and then and I can't complain too much because some people didn't even get their base game. At least I got my base game. <sighs> I just didn't get any of the add-ons, and then they were like, "Oh, there's like some kind of lawsuit now over the because." People didn't get their games, and the right. league, it was family uh, name was attached to it. And I think that there was some kind of thing going. on. I have no idea what's going on with that. Like you can't <laughs> get any information on it at all. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Wow. But so, like I said, so that being said, you know, I'm used to like there's a it's it's Kickstarter, so it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a crapshoot, um, right? And you just kind of you know just do your best. And so I was like, if if it's going to be a couple weeks late, then that's fine. As it, I mean, some things like I said, I'm never going to get ever, so mm-hmm. I can stand a couple <laughs> weeks. And this guy actually. Reached out to me on Facebook. Huh. Uh, looked me up and, and messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, do this. And, uh, and I did out actually find the survey, completed the survey. He was like, cool. And then a couple of days later, he like friended me on Facebook. Nice. That's and, awesome. Yeah. I was like, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but it was so, and I was like, that was pretty awesome of him. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it was like, and it, I thought I kind of expressed myself fairly well in our emails that, you know, I was cool with waiting, but for him, it was really important that he got that to me. Yeah. Um, you became his priority. I like that. Yeah. I like that was, a lot. I respect that. He actually has a, another uh, another book that's out right now. Uh, it's an art book, and I really wish I could back it, but after um, buying those uh, those those Walt Simonsons. <laughs> Coke and hookers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After after buying those two Walt Simonson R's editions, um, I don't have the money for it. Plus, that'll do it. I have I have so many I have so many um like art books mm-hmm. that I just I really can't do it anymore. Yeah. So that's yeah, one thing I draw a line that. on: where art books and prints. I just yeah. can't do it. Yeah, no, I get that. And uh, we we're a little bit off topic, but um, no, yeah, you know, uh, just indie. Yeah, yeah, it's all part of the indie scene. Um, I almost never. Uh, am comfortable backing a Kickstarter if the art is not completely done. Like that—that's what makes me want to back a Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Is if they say I have the book drawn, I just need money to print it. Then I know I'm very likely to get a project in my hands. Right. The exception I make for that is Doug Tenaple because the dude's done like 17 graphic novels by now. And so if he says, you know, the story's written, I'm ready to start the art as soon as I get backed. Then it's like, well, shit, I know that you're gonna do it. You draw like three pages a day. Of course, I can you know comfortably back that. But beyond that, you know, if, if they are gonna start drawing it after they get backed, I'm probably not gonna back it. I um, there are some that um, uh, some that I've uh, I looked at, and I'll look at their that their history um, as far as like what they've uh, what projects they've they've created in the past. Yeah, and and. And, uh, and how successful those were. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, so that's, that's how I go for, um, people I've never, I've never, uh, like back before something yeah, new. Yeah. Um, but there was a, there was a, a, uh, 
two like professional guys that uh, had a Kickstarter out there, and I was all for that. And they were actually bringing back one of their their books in the past, and. <laughs> that wasn't Cyberfrog, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to open that gate. <laughs> are, are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> We've I've, gone down some pretty dark I'm roads. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but no, um, no, but yeah, uh, they they were uh, the 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 artist and and writer. Um, you know, I've talked to them on different occasions at different cons and stuff, and mm-hmm. the. Uh, the the writer was saying that uh, he's like yeah the you know, book's kind of delayed you know the artist is you know um, he's working on it but he's got a couple of things that he's working on too and he's you know having some some issues as far as you know like getting getting the work done he's moving a lot slower than normal and and I'm like you know what again these are these are like professionals that mm-hmm. have worked with the like made some of the major so I'm I'm cool with them plus I see them at cons like I'm like seeing a regular basis but I've seen them at the past couple of cons I've gone to and talked to them right so I know them at least on that level not on a super professional or on a fan to you know artist thing right yeah and right. nothing more than that but um so I know I'm gonna get my book and it's gonna be a little late but at the same time I'm also someone that is struggling with like, I've got books I got to write and things I got to do. So mm-hmm. I, I completely understand how you can kind of fall behind or have difficulty in completing your, you know, whatever it is that's going on, even though you really want to. Yeah. So I'm like, yep, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm cool. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, to- totally get it. Cause you know, I've had, I have some books that have been in production for years. I, I definitely get the, yeah. it's mostly just having a track record. It's like, you, you, I just need you to prove to me that you are capable of finishing a book, even if it's not on time. Mm-hmm. I just want to know that, you know, it's like you said, you, you, you want to get what you paid for. So I want to know that I'm going to get that that product in my hands at the end of it. But but the other thing with the Kickstarter is like the indie guys and, you know, talking about indie books and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's really, especially right now, it's kind of where you're going to find a lot of your indie people out there. Yeah. It yeah. is on that. And you know, it is kind of a bit of a crapshoot. But, you know, there are people that are trying to do good books. And, um, you know, sometimes it's um, it's the... Uh, you're taking a webcomic yeah, and, you know, yeah. putting it together as something to sell because, and I've you know, gotten a lot of print editions are, of webcomics are, are free, you know? So, yeah, yeah. And I've got, I've, I've gotten a lot of print editions of webcomics, but it's, it's just interesting because when I was first getting into webcomics, which was probably about 10 years ago, and, you know, I just, I just kind of discovered webcomics as a whole thing all at once. And that was like right when Ratfist launched, it was like right when PVP was at its peak because it started going downhill after a while. I say I don't think I've ever, I've ever read PvP. It's really not too bad. Um, uh, well, I mean, like I said, there's a sweet spot. It, it gets uh, it gets a little bit down for my tastes over time. Um, shit, what else is there? Of course, Sam and Fuzzy. Um, there was Sheldon. Sheldon was pretty good. Sheldon was done very newspaper style, so it's a little bit reminiscent of Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. Um, shit, what, what are some of the others? Um... Oh yeah, Chris Straub with uh, Star. What what was that? Starshift, Starshift, something like that. And nowadays he does Chainsaw Suit, which I've shown you some Chainsaw Suits. Okay, they're like intentionally badly drawn, but he's like making fun of you know the bad indie comics from the eighties and nineties. Cyanide and Happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cyanide and Happiness is a lot of fun. Um, um and what's that other one? Um, ah, uh, crap. What's that? It's a uh, it's a newer one. That's out mm. there now that uh, I know you like because uh, you've mentioned to me quite a few times how much you really like that one. And I'm trying to think of what it's called now. Um, crap. Um, um, I don't remember the one you're talking about. Um, oh, I, I got to say Octopus Pie by Meredith Grand. 
one of the best webcomics I've ever read. Hmm, Octopus Pie, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, super good. That one's beautiful. Uh, Girls with Slingshots, pretty good. I actually got to meet her at uh, Small Press Expo. Oh, really? The year we went. Yeah, she's nice. super cool. Yeah. Was I there? I mean, did I meet her? Or? Uh, no, we were heading back to the table, and I saw her and was like, oh, holy shit, that's the GWSS girl. Okay. And so I was like, I'll, I'll be right back. And so I just I had a little one-on-one. It was while everybody was like packing up their table, so it was a fast conversation. But she was super cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty good. Um. John Allison did uh, Bad Machinery, and what was the one that he did before that? Scary Go Round. Scary Go Round. So he's he's got some really good stuff. That's a, I kind of like that name, Scary Go Round. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fun. It's like a little mystery story type thing. And uh, I've I've shown you some of his books that while we were like going through some bargain bins. Uh, you you actually were kind of digging his art. Uh, I have to I have to remember. Um... Uh, that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up so I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to pull it up for you because, like, these days he uses the program I use, Clip Studio, and okay. uh, I actually learned a lot of cool things from him because he's like, "Oh yeah, if you do this and this and this, then you can like connect your word balloons and you can do this with your panels." It's like, "Oh, I love you." <laughs> oh, I remember it is now that that other one, um, uh, Carmine and Tofu. I know you like that one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a classic. Uh, very reminiscent of Garfield. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a newer one, but you you've uh, you've expressed that you find that one to be kind of kind of funny. I hear the creator's kind of a prick, though. Uh, well, I think sometimes they are. <laughs> I mean, well, you says you, you said it's reminiscent of Garfield, so that would put in the Jim Davis line, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Man, fuck Jim Davis. <laughs> uh. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting because all these web comics that we're talking about, you know, they're they're known series, you know. Mm-hmm. People people talk about them and they're talking about this overarching story, and you know, something like Sam and Fuzzy, it's super ambitious. It's been going around since two thousand three, and it's all pretty much one c- consistent story for the most part. I think like the first two or three years, they were kind of standalone gag strips, and then it just became this whole thing of telling, like, a consistent story, and I think he's pretty close to being totally done with it by now, if he's not already. I kind of fell by the wayside on reading it because, you know, real life caught up with me and kicked the shit out of me. God, real life fucking sucks. Right? <laughs> but uh, I, hear, I hear he's a really nice guy, too. I hope I get to meet him someday. Um, but, it, like, it, it's a weird trend these days because I don't see people talking about a lot of series, but I see, for the most part, I see some series still get talked about. But, uh... Uh, you know, what I see really take off are now these little standalone one-page strips. And, you know, it'll be like this, like, one-page-long gag story, and then it takes off and it becomes viral, and then, like, I never see anything else out of that series. Right. And it's, it's kind of weird. Now, there are some series that still go off and go strong, and, like, some of them, I don't even know the name of them, but, like... You've probably seen it. The stories where, like, the Grim Reaper has to take people's pets, and he's, like, super emo, and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry I had to take you, but your owner's not coming back, and you froze to death in the winter, and stuff like that. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. God. I mean, they're not badly done. They're well drawn, but, like, all the stories are written kind of the same, and it's always that kind of thing of, like... God, it's gonna be super awkward if I meet any of these creators. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you're talking about how you, you see a li- something of it and you don't see anything else. You know, it wasn't until we were at uh, Small Press that I'd always seen that this is fine. Mm-hmm. 
but I never saw any of the other panels like yeah. before, just like the four you always saw. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like there's like I don't know eight panels before that, it, and like another six after that. It's, it's like a four or five page story, yeah, yeah, where he's like, "This is not fine." Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really good. It's like a really well done, well drawn story. Um, I, I'll say, uh, and we've we've talked about this. Um, the altered comics, um, like the. That like everybody knows, everybody would know it if they saw it. Nobody knows the title of it, but everybody knows it when they see it. And uh, I'll say that you know I've met the creator for that, Shin. He's a super nice guy, uh, really friendly, really personable. Um, and I think that you know when it was getting started, I really enjoyed them. Um, I, I thought that they were pretty well done. But I, I feel like he kind of needs to to find himself and kind of go back to those old days. And you know it's and it's kind of like what I was saying with PvP. There was a sweet spot where it was like, yeah, this is really good, and then it just kind of moved away from my area of interest. So let me ask you, because um, you're talking about that, when you say it kind of moved away from your interest, um, what changed to your to your knowledge? What changed with the the um, the, the 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 series? Did it change because? Like, it matured, or did it kind of, like, start to go down a different path, or uh, did it just become a completely different series? It, in, it really varies from series to series. Like, with PvP, it just, um, I, like, with PvP, I think Scott Kurtz kind of wanted to move away from what he originally did with it, and it was, in, in some cases, it was little subtle things, like, oh, I don't like this character design, I didn't make it to where he works in three dimensions, so I'm gonna redraw him. But then in other things, it's just, like, arbitrary changes that, uh arbitrary changes that like you know why why would you even do that why do you suddenly want to draw your people like super realistically uh, or or whatever um in the case of like the shin uh <laughs> in, in the case of like the altered comics uh, it's some of it's that his art style has kind of changed like it feels like some of the art's a little bit more rushed and maybe that's an unfair judgment, because, you know, I, I get it. You know, some of my stuff looks different than some of my other stuff. But some of the art feels rushed to me personally. It's not as, it, you know, the lines aren't as smooth. It's a little bit, like, sketchier. And maybe that's just, like, a stylistic choice on his part. But uh, it, it just it feels like it lacks the polish of some of the older strips. Hmm. And, you know, in some of it, it's like... And we've talked about it. One of his really popular gags, and a lot of people, like, really, you know, this is when people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I know that comic, is that he depicts, like, certain emotions as, like, brightly colored, muscular characters. And so, you know, that's, like, a really typical thing, is that he'll show his character and be like, oh, I'm going to be so productive this week, and then, like, a big purple muscle man's going to come in with, like, depression written across his chest, and he'll punch the character in the face and be like, oh, I guess I'm not going to get anything done this week. And, like, you know, when he was first doing those jokes, it was like, oh, yeah, that's that's clever. I, I get the analogy, but now it's like, you've done you've done that an awful lot of times now. Right. And, you know, it it... I get repeat gags, I appreciate repeat gags, but it's such a fine line between this is a well-known repeat gag that's reliable versus at what point do you just become Garfield kicking Odie off the table? Right. Where it's like, okay, you've been doing this for 35 years now. <laughs> it's like, are you are you just trying to tell me that, like, I... I like I, I'm not getting any work done. Like this is why. Like this is it. Like I'm writing a, a strip to say why I'm not writing a strip. You right. Know? Right. 
there was a guy, and I can't find the book, and I can't remember the guy's name because I've looked through all my stuff, and I'm sure there's probably a box somewhere I didn't look through, but I thought for sure I put it in one of my comic book boxes. But recently, I've gone but recently within the past year, I've gone through all of my boxes. I, I sorted them all for all the ones that I had got back, and I worked at a comic book store and put them all, and uh, I separated them all by alphabet. I have not put them in alphabetical order yet because I got to mix them in with the other books, but. Mm-hmm. I went through all my boxes and I can't find this thing, but it was a collection that this guy, when I went to SPX years ago, um, and it was actually like, not every strip was funny, but it was actually pretty funny. Um, and I can't remember the name of it or anything. And when I've tried to look it up online, like I always get like shit. Cause the only thing I really remember is the dancing Wookiee. Um, <laughs> so if you're the guy that wrote the, 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 the strip that had the dancing Wookiee in it, like, please like contact me on like, uh, like I never, I never put my Instagram up because I don't really post any real things, but, um, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And just tell me who you are and like where I can get that old like collection if it's still available. <laughs> but um, I met him. He was really cool. And he, I got this, uh, this collection of uh, strips he had done. And when he was in college, he did strips for the college newspaper. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever he did a strip that they didn't like, that they thought was too controversial, they would replace it with one he had done before of a dancing <laughs> Wookiee, which is Chewbacca just dancing like uh, with this like disco ball or whatever. And that was it was just three pages of just Chewbacca dancing. <laughs> nice. And um and so it's like, yeah, so it kind of makes you think of that guy. So it's like, you, are you, are you having like problems? Like I can't think of anything original. So now mm-hmm. I'm just going to write a sh- a, another strip about how I want to be original, but I can't because this thing is coming in the way. So right, basically right. you're just, just redrawing the dancing Wookiee over and over right, again. Right, right. Yeah. And you know, and I don't, and I don't say that because I don't want to sound like critical of the guy. I like him and I like his work. I, I like the comic. I can see myself buying a collection of altered comics. But, you know, it is, you know, things where it's like, it's just, it's interesting to me that his art is going in a different direction. And it's like, I, I don't really think of it as growth upward. I think, I kind of think of it as like growth sideways. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I kind of miss the old stuff. That's that's really all I'm saying about that. But then what we've been bitching about, and, it you know, it's taken us half of the show to get here. But what Sorry, we- you, uh, you just made me think of uh, a line from Jay-Z when he's like, yeah, um, if you like old stuff, I'm old albums. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't there some kind of Woody Allen movie or something where he like gets abducted by aliens and they're like, oh yeah, no, we, we like your old movies when you were actually trying to be funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a black guy. You think I've ever seen a Woody Allen movie? <laughs> I've never seen one all the way through. I mean, only, thing, only Woody Allen movie I've ever seen was Ants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the ones that we've been bitching about uh, have been like these ones where they just intentionally do shitty art and there's no joke to them. Yeah. And it's like, so you're you're already making your gimmick, oh, I'm just going to draw stick figures. And it's like, well, I hate to break it to you, but that's not an original thing because Cyanide and Happiness do it and XKCD does it. And it's like, they do it well. Right. They're drawing stick figures, but kind of like Matt Fiesel, they're doing good stick figures. You can there's a difference between a good stick figure and a shitty stick figure. So it's like, well, that's already you know, you've already got people who are actually good at drawing stick figures who are competing with you. So you know that's not a gimmick anymore. <laughs> it's becoming a style in and of itself. Right. And you know, for me, for someone that that can't draw, I me mean, if I really if I really sat down and and really kind of put my my brain to arm to pen to paper i could probably do something decent but it would take me quite a while to get there mm-hmm. so for me if i was going to do something like that it probably would be a stick figure or the best stick figure i can but you know like you were saying 
that's really hard. It's really hard to, even if you just draw a stick figure, to really capture the character mm-hmm. and the movement. And in, in a stick figure, you have to really be able to, you know, and you have to find style. So, for example, Sign Light and Happiness, many yeah. people, they've got stick arms and legs, but they've got bodies mm-hmm. and they've got full heads. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's not just a circle and then line, 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 line. Right, you know, it's, right. there's more to it. It's and- closer to like the Ivan Brunetti style of character. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think they do it pretty well. And there's just, like, what, four guys who do the strips for Cyanide and Happiness? I don't know. I just know that they, that they do a really good job of, like, kind of, uh, giving, making the, making them seem alive and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and emote. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very good with the emotions. So, but yeah, like, oh, shit, you, you sent me one a few weeks back. I, I, I see a lot of them on, posted on Reddit. And and I look at it, and uh, again, we've talked about this before as well. Where I will send you things, and I'll be like, I'm like, dude, um, I was like, it, I, is this funny? Because I, I don't think this is funny. And, yeah, yeah. And then of course you're like, no, it's not funny. But then again, you know, our our ta- our 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 interests are so well aligned that mm-hmm. you know, more than likely, I'm not going to get the the objective viewpoint if i say i think this sucks you'd be like yeah it kind of sucks and sometimes you'd be like it's not that bad i can see a little bit of it but yeah i can see why you hate it yeah, uh, yeah. so sometimes i'll try to find like redeeming qualities but like i don't know the one you sent me was like a guy is wearing an eye patch and he's like wow what happened to your eye how'd you lose your eye and he's like i served in the military i lost my eye while i was serving overseas and then he walks along and somebody was like wearing a surgical mask because we're in the middle of a fucking global plague and he's like oh no did you lose your mouth yeah it's like it's not even a dad joke it's not an uncle joke it's just bad like that's the kind of shit that like the like when i was working at that amish bakery that i would expect to hear where it's like what what that's not even funny that that barely even warrants recognition yeah it's it, uh, and the thing is when i see these when i see, when the, the thing that really attract that draws me to it i see them when i'm just kind of scrolling through there and i'll see them and then i'll look and i'll see like all of the all of the likes so you know mm-hmm. and and i'm like 17,000 up votes right and and then you see all the comments and stuff and you know like they're reddit comments so 90% of them has, doesn't have anything to do with whatever the topic is. I, <laughs> yep. I have stopped even trying to look at like comments because sometimes I'll look at them and be like, okay, so what's, um, like what's going on here? Like what is this about? And I've got to go so fucking deep. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. that just, just to figure out whatever the hell is going on because there's always side conversation within people talk about something that somebody did that they made some kind of reference to some TV show that I've never heard of or didn't give two shits about. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, what, what? And then I just give up and be like, I don't give a shit anymore. Right, right. Well, I guess what I'm trying to get at with this is that, you know, people aren't investing in making an entire experience for people anymore. You know, you don't have this whole overarching story like you used to get with the checkered man or Edmund Finney in the meeting to find eternal life or the quest to find what is the quest to find the meaning of life. You know, it's like you don't get that. You get these people who are like, I want to do one viral comic. And so they're just going to crap out these shitty little stick figure drawings. And you even have some where, like, the title is, you know, calling attention to the fact that the art is poor. You know, uh, I know there's a comic, and I'm not, I'm not specifically calling this one out. This is just that the title, like, sticks with me. Is ca- it's specifically called "Badly Drawn Lines." It's like I, I don't know if I really want to call attention to my flaws when I'm trying to sell myself to people. You know, I don't want to be like, "Hey, this book sucks." 
Well, I, I think I think it's a way of um, of getting ahead of that. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. Right. So it's like so I've already called it out. So now now you can't. Yeah. You, you, you can't say anything about that. Be like, this, the artwork is horrible. Like, yeah, we already know that. So. Yeah. So maybe, and maybe that's a way of saying, look beyond that to see the actual, like, joke or whatever. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'll say maybe. But, it, like, it feels to me like those people who always overcompensated by, like, walking into a room and being like, hi, I'm really loud and annoying. And it's like, I mean, what, do you expect me to, do you expect that to make it more palatable for me? Right. <laughs> You know, it's it's not like people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Jeff's pretty loud and annoying. It's like, yes, but to be fair, he did warn us about it when we met him. It's right. like, no, no. Like, yeah. It's like that scene in Tommy Boy. He's, you go a little heavy with the pine tree perfume there. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's a car air freshener. That's it's like step one is identifying it. Step two is washing it off. It's like, okay, well, you know, great. You, you've you've, now, you've uh, come to the realization that you're really loud and annoying. Now step two is stop being that way. It's just frustrating because I see the same thing happening with web comics that, you know, and not not the exact same, but I see it heading in the same direction that kind of happened with like indie comics in the '90s, where like you had this window of time where indie comics, you know, it was golden. Ninja Turtles took off. Everybody was like, "Yes, black and white funny books. Let's make shit happen." I want to find the next Ninja Turtles. I want to find what's going to be the next big thing. That's why you have guys. Like Usagi Ojimbo taking off, and like the adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters took off, and things like that. But then, Hamster Vice, Hamster Vice, yeah, um, shit, Hepcats, uh, what, what were some other rarebit fiends? Uh, Omaha the Cat Dancer, Omaha the Cat Dancer, yeah, I was Reed Waller, and so you actually like, know that book? Oh yeah, oh wow. Dude, I torrented like the entire shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really good. It was a really good story. I mean, I should have just it, admitted to piracy though. <laughs> well, where else are you going to find it now? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so. I mean, it's not. It's not like I can buy it directly from him that I'm aware of. Uh, uh, but I was. Just, I was going to say, you know, for for what I guess was at the time kind of viewed as like adult book. Oh yeah, it was a really good, like really emotional story. Mm-hmm. Really complex, and and it was furries before furries. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was back when they still called it Funny Animal. You had a lot of good Funny Animal books. You had like Albedo. You had Critters. Pogo. Pogo. Yeah. I don't really know if that would count. But no, yeah. that was that was like a really old uh, <laughs> comic strip. But uh, I mean, it's beautifully drawn. Very beautifully drawn. And of course, Bone. You know, all that kind of paved the way for Bone to really take off. But then you know, eventually it got to where you know, oh, nobody's really you know doing as much as they could be doing with this, and so so often, way more often than not, you would buy a book and it would just be disappointing, and it's like, oh, this kind of sucked. And eventually, people stopped buying it, and then it just kind of died. And you know, when the industry almost completely tanked because of all the shit that was going on with Marvel and Image, and you know, like really throwing out more money than they could possibly afford to reasonably make back. You know, the industry almost completely shut down, and that just kind of killed indie guys, period. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, that sucks. And, you know, you had a few hangers on. You know, Bone stayed around. Cerebus stayed around. You know, they're like, they kind of had to. They they were giants. You know, it's like, you, the, those were books that were too big to kill. But then it's Elf like... Quest. Oh, yeah. ElfQuest yeah. is still around. Distant Soil, I think, was still, was during that time, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she's republishing that as a webcomic. Or at least she was, once upon a time. Um... But yeah, she was she was one of the the big self publishers. Um, but yeah, and so like when web comics really started picking up again, it was like kind of a hopeful thing for me, where it's like, oh yeah, 
you know, obviously they're not doing the same thing that like Jeff Smith or Stan Sakai was doing, but it's like, yeah, you got guys who are doing their own thing and they're doing indie comics at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's like you've got a guy who is his own writer, artist, penciler, inker, colorist, the whole nine yards, and they are self-publishing. They're just doing it online. And so for a long time, for me, it was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I dig that. But nowadays, I'm just seeing, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, oh, what, did you lose your mouth? It's like, that. oh, God, why? And you know what, what, I'm not going to say that what I don't like about it or what, what bothers me is that these the the ones that I'm not going to say aren't well done because it's it's hard to say that something is not well done mm-hmm. because you don't know the 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 creator's intentions you know for them they may think that they're putting out a really quality product oh i know a number uh, of people who think that <laughs> um um but also when you know when you're doing something and this is going this is going to sound horrible because it's really gonna, it's gonna sound like I'm, like I'm really putting these people down, and I'm not trying to, but um, when you're, when you're doing something and it comes very easy to you, mm-hmm. you know, like even even people that are that are gifted and they're prodigies and whatever, it doesn't come easy to them. It just means they have more of like an innate ability to do something. Yeah. They have um, more of an aptitude for right, it. Right. Then, then you do, but it still isn't, it's not easy when you're able to do something and it comes across very easy for you. Um, that it, that can sometimes, um, especially when it's not solid work, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, and you look at it and you're like, I, I, you're not making yourself grow. It's just like when you're looking at like, you know, you're looking at like a, I don't know, like, like, a, like a house and you can look at like house A and house B. They're both houses. They both do the same thing. They both have, you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, kitchens, all that kind of stuff. But you know that that house A is a lot more structurally sound than house B. Mm-hmm. It also took two months longer to make yeah. than house B, even though they may be the exact same size, the exact same layout. It's a matter of how much time you invested to make sure this was a really solid house. And this can stand to the test of time, as opposed to this one here, yep. which is solid yep. for right now. But, you know, within, you know, uh, you know, a month or a year, you're going to have to start having problems with it. You yep. know, yeah. Um, and I think that some people are putting out these these really quick houses that really don't stand up. And what that does is it invites other people to do the same thing, to make a quick house, mm-hmm. which is – I'm not going to say it's, it's fine. But, I mean, you always want to encourage people to to do something like whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Because there's people out there that they don't realize. You know, a lot of people out there is like everyone has something that they're good at or something that that they really – that 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 they would just be it's incredible at, at, at doing mm-hmm. but sometimes they just don't know what that is because they just haven't been exposed to it so if this is something that you would be really good at you know and you see someone doing it then it's great that that inspires you to do that but it all seems to inspire you in the right way to be able to grow mm-hmm. with that 
and then be able to begin make make a more solid house. If you start out making kind of less than solid houses, that eventually going to start to you know make make a stronger, better house or a stronger, better web comic. Yeah, yeah. So I so we want to encourage that, but unfortunately, I think what a lot of times you see is that these people see that this person does it with ease and they don't really put that much into it because you can because some right, people like right. like us we look at them like that's not funny mm-hmm. right it's like i could do that and it's like if this for me that person this person's getting that many upvotes right i could do something just like that yeah you know just as easily and like why um, why spend months make like why spend three months making a 24 page story when i can shit out a stick figure thing in an hour right and get even more recognition than I would for the 24 page story. Right. And I think you, that, that then inspires a lot of people on good and bad to go that route. And you, and your people that are able to put out a quality product don't Mm -hmm. because of that. Like yesterday, um, we were, uh, we were, uh, talking and stuff. And we were starting talking about Todd McFarlane. Mm-hmm. And I pulled out that, um, DC Invasion book. Yeah. Um, Ooh. but it's early, early <laughs> McFarlane work. I think it was like he'd been doing Infinity Incorporated and then he did, um, the invasion thing. And his work in that is, I'm not going to say it's not good because, I mean, does he hit all the basics? Yes. I mean, he draws the characters. They all have, are, have unique features. Um, the, the panels are laid out well. The, the action is captured, but you can, you can see such a growth between invasion mm-hmm. to Spider-Man standalone yeah, book. Yeah. I mean, and from there, from invasion, I think he went, um, invasion, I think then to Hulk. Then to Amazing Spider-Man, then to Spider-Man, then to Spawn. Right, right. But you can see in each one of those iterations, you can see a growth with him and a change. I mean, it's it goes back to what we've talked about with Liefeld numerous times, which is it's obvious that he gives a damn. Right. It's obvious that he cares about his craft and is actively trying to improve. And I don't see that with so many of those things. And, you know, I mean, like, there's, you know, there's definitely still active web comics that are, you know, they're, they're cute. And even if the guy's not really developing his art style, it's not really built for that. But at the same time, it also doesn't feel like a cheap, shitty cash grab either. And that's, that's what so many of these feel like, where it's like, did you put any thought into this at all? It, it just, it's, it's just frustrating. It's disheartening to me because it's like, no, we could have made web comics the next... You know, the, the next wave of indie stories. Right. And, you know, in the early 2000s, it really felt like there was a shot at that. And now I'm starting to feel like there's not as much of a shot at that. You know, now now that you have people like Octopus Pie and, uh, uh, oh shit, what, what were some of the others I was bringing up? Um, Octopus Pie is, you know, the, the, the series is finished. Mm-hmm. Girls with Slingshots, the series is finished. Um. Even MS Paint Adventures, which is not, like, that's a whole other can of worms, and we could cover multiple episodes talking about that, but, like, it's finished, and for all of its shortcomings, it was an ambitious project. It wound up running, like, seven or 8,000 uh, pages at the end. Wow. Yeah, it was very, very ambitious. Say, say what you like about it. You know, people have been pretty critical of it. Um, I'm not crazy about the fan base, but, uh, that, like I said, whole, whole <laughs> other whole other podcast there. But, um... You know, like, I just, I'm not seeing this ambition anymore. And maybe it's out there and I'm just not seeing it because, you know, that's always been the problem with webcomics is visibility. It's it's always been a, a very oversaturated market and it's very difficult to find the good stuff unless it's really, really good. And I think that, that's one of the problems is that when you look at it, you see this, this, this field of, you know, 
you see the, this field of poison ivy, mm-hmm. and then somewhere in the middle of it is a is a rose bush or two. But it's like, am I gonna am I gonna trudge through all that poison ivy to get to that rose bush, or right. am I just gonna just say fucking burn the whole thing down? Yeah, especially yeah. when there's like a, a mangy old farmer who's like intent on throwing the poison ivy up in your face every step along the way. And mm-hmm. I'm like, here, look at this. It's like I don't want to see your shitty stick figure poison ivy. Right. <laughs> I'm like, looking for the next octopus pie. I'm looking for the next girls with slingshots. Yes, and, and the only reason that I'm giving this so much attention is because it burns and itches so bad, not because I like it. <laughs> and uh, God, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to seem like we're attacking people, and I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to say, oh, I'm such a better artist than these people, because you know, at the end of the day, I know that my work is, you know, really, really flawed. I know that I have areas I need to improve on, but I'm also actively working on improving it. <laughs> I'm not going to just keep shitting out stick figure drawings and saying, here you go, good enough. Yeah, at least I'm working on it. I I don't know. It's it's just ah. And it is like you were saying, and not not trying to not trying to shit on anybody or anything, because for for you and I, I would say me uh, more specifically, it's so much easier for me to tell a story in eight to twenty two pages or twenty four pages mm-hmm. than for me to tell even a, a good joke. In three to four panels. Oh yeah, that's yeah. difficult. And if I if I have a whole page to work with, that's a little bit easier. But even that can be difficult to be able to to tell a whole a whole like small story or joke or setup to a good joke. Yeah. In that amount of time, it does take some skill. It does. Yeah. But that's part of the problem is that what we're seeing is not skill. We're, right. We're seeing something that's that's you know the 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 equivalent of a knock knock joke. Only you've bypass a knock knock and you've just gone to you know mm-hmm. you know yeah, there's basically uh was it um who's who's me and then bam there's the, there's a punchline <laughs> like i have no idea what led up to this yeah yeah no i mean that that's it exactly is that you know it, it it's kind of like soundcloud rappers which i kind of hate to say but like it, it is something like that where it's like huh well, I can't sing and I can't really make music, but I do have a drum machine program here on my computer and I can probably rap, sort of. <laughs> it's like, what? No, no, there's a huge difference between just talking over a drum beat versus doing the kind of shit that, like, Deltron does or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah, that. just because you can do something that resembles a rap does not mean that you're a rapper. <laughs> and just because... Drake? You, right. <laughs> <laughs> Drake, please don't pop a cap in us. <laughs> he would say he was sorry afterwards. Oh, geez. I don't know what got into me. Canadian not, drive-by. That's not how it was raised. <laughs> Canadian drive-by, they just like soak you with maple syrup. They drive-by and throw a brick at you to say I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, God, I, I'm... I, I hate arrogance. I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to be arrogant with this stuff. And I, I, I'm hoping that I'm succeeding in not sounding arrogant here. But it's just like, I want people to give a damn about their craft. What made comics great from the word go from the very beginning was that people cared about the art medium that they were working in. And it's like, you can you can care. You can give a damn. You can do better than what we're currently doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, I just I don't like seeing these bad habits developing. Yeah, and and I, I I will say a little bit of it is is kind of um to be fair a little bit of is, is is kind of sour grapes and this thing is like this is horrible why are you guys why are you guys treating this as if this is like great it's not good it's not funny and mm-hmm. I look at them I'm like where where is the joke in this I I'm missing it where's the joke 
Uh, it's like, is it, is it one of those things like, like electing like the guy you don't like prom king and then that's the joke? Is that what it is? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, if so, I'm like, okay, I get it. I don't think it's funny, but I get it. You know, you guys are pieces of shit, but I get it. You know, but I don't even know if that's it. It's, I don't think so. I mean, shit, I just saw one the other day and it was not stick figures. It was actually fully drawn. And it, I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't awful as far as the art goes, but the joke is that. He was like, huh, well, I think I, I think I'm pretty comfortable with my knowledge about corn. And then he walks by a book and the book says, everything you thought you knew about corn is wrong. And he's like, oh no, all my corn knowledge. It's like, that's not, that's not a joke. That's not even good absurdist humor. Like, I, I like absurdist humor. I, I love Money Python. I, I love those, the, that kind of like random sketch comedy. You know, we, we were watching a bunch of mad TV yesterday. That kind of stuff where just like nonsensical shit happens. It's funny to me, but there's nothing funny about that to me. No. And it's like that. That's not even a story. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, yeah, right. You're right. You were, we were watching mad TV. And even when we were watching that, um, uh, cause of course you'd never seen, I'd see, I'd seen it before. So mm-hmm. I was showing you some, some, uh, some of the uh the different sketches and not all of them were, f- were funny some were just kind of fell flat and you're like oh this is kind of hard to watch it wasn't even cringe just like oh this is painful yeah you yeah. know but you know but then you had some that that were that were really pretty good and and they're funny and they're they're kind of absurdist and you know in a way and it's like in you're you're watching that and it's 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 i think it's, it's i think it's about it's about the crafting you know mm-hmm. and, and you really have to try and you have to you have to put a little bit more to it. And and for those of you that aren't really putting any more to it, I just have to say, don't make me break my foot off in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have one thing I need to bitch about, which it, it's peripherally related, but ki- kind of different. And we talked about this briefly off mic yesterday, and at which point you were like, yeah, maybe we should make an episode about this. But you know, it's always been a thing amongst artists that, you know, they don't always, they, they don't usually draw themselves super appealing. Hmm. They, 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 yeah. They yeah. tend to give themselves some type of flaw. And, you know, I think that that's typically to say, I don't think of myself as a crazy handsome person. Cause again, you know, people don't want to come across as arrogant. And I've seen people that are, that are like really like good artists, um, mm-hmm. that when they draw themselves, they will draw themselves very cartoony. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. It's like I'm, I'm not trying to do a, a an actual like interpretation of myself. Right, right. Um, and I think that really kind of got its start with um Bob Crumb. Oh, okay. I, I think he was kind of the first one who was like, "I'm just going to draw myself warts and all here." And you know, a lot of people were always like, "Ah, oh, he's exaggerating because he draws himself with a huge dick." But then they did like the the Crumb documentary, and all of his ex lovers were like, "No, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't exaggerate anything in his comics." <laughs> But wow, that see that's something I wouldn't mind being known for. <laughs> right. be like, yeah, yeah, his, his comics weren't really that great, but no, <laughs> he didn't lie. He, he was, yeah. Crumb was a brilliant. <laughs> he, he had a bigger endowment than Harvard. <laughs> Crumb was brilliant at his craft. It's just that he explored a lot of really uncomfortable subject matter, and he played it off for laughs. But it was like, nah, this is he probably should have left this one in the sketchbook, Bobby. <laughs> But that's, uh, that's why that keep on trucking guy's stance is so wide. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? Doesn't everybody walk like this? <laughs> he can't. He can't stand. You know, they 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 when you go to the doctor, they're like, yeah, hey, don't you stand with your feet together? I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, and you know, like, I, I draw myself as kind of a basic cartoon character. You've seen it many, many times at this point. But like, I've gotten to where nowadays I draw the character with like kind of a slouched back and dark circles under his eyes because it's like, well, that's what I feel like all the time. And you, you draw me with like a nose the size of a pineapple. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, really? Is that how I look? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um... But yeah, like the only the only artist I've really seen who draws themselves appealing for the most part is like Butch Hartman, and we were laughing about that because he got bullied out of using his attractive profile picture. <laughs> he drew himself as like this super square jawed, like jacked, handsome muscle man, and somebody on Twitter was like, "Man, you're kind of a piece of shit," you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, man, you, you draw yourself as, like, this jacked, handsome, buff soap opera stars. Like, man, everybody else draws themselves looking like these disgusting little goblins because that's how they feel about themselves. You're a piece of shit. And so then he, like, changed his profile picture and everybody was like, holy shit, you bullied Butch Hartman. You bullied the creator of Fairly Odd Parents. And he was like, good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I do think that's kind of unfair, like, to do that to him. I mean, if you... Yeah, bullying is, is just not me. You know, we've talked about, you know, that and going up in school and everything. Mm-hmm. Bullying is not cool. It's, yeah, yeah, no. it, it, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't bully somebody, especially if you're like, oh, you draw yourself, you know, looking, you know, looking different than what you actually are. It's kind of the whole premise of Fight Club, you know. It's right. like, you know, you know, every, people like you know see themselves the way they want to be, not who they really are. Um, so I mean, like, yeah. So he's gonna the one aspect he can control. He probably can't control the way he actually looks, but I can draw <laughs> myself to look the way I really want to. I, I so I mean, say, don't don't bully him over that. Yeah, and bully I will him say, over the invention of poof. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna bully him over something, make it poof, right? I, I will say, Butch Hartman's not a bad looking dude. He's, he's fairly handsome. I don't know if he's as handsome as he draws himself, but I mean, he's, he's not an ugly guy. You know, it's it's not like this this tr- this trollish little Danny DeVito looking guy. And it's like, how dare you draw yourself handsome? <laughs> nah. Like, he's not in bad shape or anything, but, uh... But, yeah, I mean, for, like, all the flaws no, of, No, your like, place, Butch! <laughs> for all the flaws of, like, Fairly Odd Parents or whatever, I've always liked Butch Hartman's art. I, I, I like that style. I could see reading a, a comic in that style. Did he also do Danny Phantom? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really care for that show. It was... It was alright. Um, Steven Silver actually handled a lot of the character designs. He, oh, wait, he also did, um... What was that? That crappy thing. Um, Did the live action Fairly Odd Parents starring Drake Bell? Oh, <laughs> oh, that was um, God with the live action one. That was directed by Savage Steve Holland, I think. Oh well, wow. <laughs> I because I, 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 I was looking at it. And I think I gotta remember. I think the live-action one was directed by Savage Steve Holland. Wow. The guy that did, like, One Crazy Summer and, yeah. and Eat the Cat and stuff. I was like, I was like what? Like, uh. I couldn't, I couldn't finish that. That was just, that, as much as I love, like, cringy internet stuff, that was a bridge too far for me. So you want to know something funny? Sure. Um, is, um, the, um, Ben 10 live-action movies? Mm-hmm. Were, I did not know there were live action Ben Ten action movies. The Ben Ten live action movies were directed by Alex Winter. Wow. Okay. And for those of you who are like who, Alex Winter, you know the other half of Bill and Ted. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. But yeah, no. So I bring I bring all this up about like the way people draw themselves because I've noticed it's becoming more and more of a trait amongst female artists. And now you know here here we go with Akomi being a misogynist, but. I, I think I've already kind of burned, like, any chance I have of getting laid by being on this podcast, so. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, like, instead of drawing themselves as, like, these slouched over, like, here, I'm going to highlight my physical defects or whatever, and, like, you know, I'm going to accentuate the dark circles under my eyes, I'm going to accentuate the fact that I have a slouched back, whatever, instead, they just tend to do some kind of weird gimmick, like, with their clothing or something. Mm -hmm. And it bothers me, because it's like, oh, here's my, like, super attractive anime character, but I'm just going to give it a newspaper hat, because she's quirky. And it's like... uh, you, you don't do that in real life. You're not accentuating any kind of, like, actual shortcoming that you have. And I'm not saying that you have to if you're drawing yourself. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's kind of like the tradition, so to speak. But it's like, I know you don't go out into public wearing a newspaper hat. Well, now... Um, uh, Mike and Melissa... He doesn't count. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. For, for those that didn't that didn't do the left watch of Mike and Melissa, right? Yeah, he Please. wore he wore a weird like aviator style hat with like furry ears sewn on. And you told me he did that all the time. All the time, yeah. There was like several pictures of him in real life with that hat on. So uh, yeah, I still want his shirt. I am Mike the Hardcore and Awesome. Well. So it's if you're if you're drawing something that is a I think I think it's the difference between when you're drawing you and when you're drawing a a caricature or a representation of you like this is not the real me mm-hmm. you know like as much as I hate to bring this up because I really can't stand this movie but uh, that movie um uh, was it um shit um oh crap see this is how much I hate the movie um. Uh, uh, what's it? The, the, this shit. I can't think of it. Um, now I, I gotta look it up just cause I can't, um, remember the stupid, um, thing. Um, uh, sorry. Just bear with me, folks. Or we could just edit this part out, which I know you won't cause you never edit out shit. Even when I say, hey, please edit this part. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it. Um, oh, I got you, fam. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> I can edit it out. <laughs> this is the end. Um, hmm. Seth Rogen and all them, where you've got all of them playing, you know, like characters of themselves. They're not really being themselves, yeah, you know. They're yeah. they're they're playing these these versions of themselves. So if you're gonna draw a version of yourself, right? So like this isn't really me. This is more of like an exaggerated version of me. And I'm telling like some some uh stories from my life over there, but they're also gonna be slightly exaggerated. You know, yeah. for the, then I then okay, that makes sense. But if you really are kind of like doing you, um, then like you said, like why why kind of give yourself this weird like like I'm 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 doing me, but at the same time, I'm just gonna tweak this little thing right here to give it like a different kind of appeal because it just it feels like you're trying to be quirky without having a real quirk to me. And maybe this is like the nitpickiest shit ever, but I don't know. It's it like I, I, I mean, see that's what we that's what we built our channel our, our podcast off of, just like the nitpickiest shit. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just like uh. God, I can't stand fucking socks and sandals. What <laughs> asshole does that? That's not nitpicky. That's just facts. <laughs> facts, morning everybody, except to my mother. <laughs> that post from Jaden Smith. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Facts, morning. <laughs> Except to my mother. <laughs> Tell him, son. <laughs> oh, um, oh. My condolences to Will Smith. But uh, 
But yeah, oh, yeah. No, just I'm, like, I'm sure he's crying himself to sleep at night in his big, huge cash of money <laughs> and all of his fame. And I mean, like, oh no, there's only eight other million people and the women in the world <laughs> that are probably younger and hotter than my wife that want to be with me. All but of I whom can't would be willing her. to sleep with me. <laughs> Plus, if I'm not mistaken, I remember reading something like a long time ago about them having an open relationship because. They would be away, like, doing filming. He might be away doing a movie for, like, four months. She might be away doing something else. And, like, it was this – this is just what I read, so don't don't hold me to it. But it was this kind of thing where it's, like, when I'm when I'm away uh, or you're away, it's kind of okay for us to, you know, mess around with somebody else because mm-hmm. we can't be there with each other. With the understanding that we're going to tell one another that this is what we're yeah, doing. And it's yeah. only during this time period that – we're away and that's it. Huh. Um, and I'm going to put this out there. This is just an observation of mine and that's all it is. I'm not saying that there's anything more to it. I never read anything about it. So this is just an observation of mine. That's all it is. But Will Smith was in a movie with Margot Robbie called Closer. Hmm. The next movie that they were in together was Suicide Squad and Closer, they played a it was a con artist couple thing where they like they used to be a couple and he taught her how to con and grift and then they end up kind of coming back together. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're in Suicide Squad together. And if you watch Suicide Squad, there are some scenes where there's some like eye contact and body hmm. language between them, even hmm. though there's nothing between the two of the characters on there, that makes me wonder if there was something that kind of I mean, she's a hot chick. And he's a nice looking guy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put it past either one of them. And I can't say that if I was, like, if I was him, you know, that I wouldn't. And if I was her, I most definitely wouldn't because I don't like guys. But <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, just putting it out there. And, or this just could be my way of tricking you guys into watching Suicide Squad again because I do like that movie. It's a pretty good movie. I enjoy it. I know. like it. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I'm done. But yeah, no, nah, um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm being too jaded with all this, but at the same time, it's like this is stuff that it's like it's frustrating to see because you know, in like 2003, I would have been like, yeah, no, web comics are where it's at, man. This is you know, it, it's gonna be like when Cerebus was at its height, and you got all the indie guys like rolling into Comic Con in limos and tuxes because it's like, yeah, we're the big shots, and now it's like, now here's. Uh, Here's another stick figure comic. And you do what you, I, I think my, my, my problem is if I have a problem with, again, we were discussing, I'm not a, a big, like a web comic indie guy. And it's, it's just like, you're not a big superhero guy. It's all about exposure and what we originally started like reading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've said this before, like I've started to kind of bring more books to your attention. You brought more books in and things like that to my attention. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. Cause I, I like having, you know, my my interest you know kind of broaden yeah and uh, and seeing things i normally wouldn't see so i i really dig that that's cool um so it's not that i dislike any of these people or don't think they should be doing this or whatever but it's like you said with the uh with the comics crash you know you had a lot of a lot of books that came out in the 90s that were not very well written mm-hmm. not very well drawn 
they they came out with their number ones in their hollow foil, like you know, <laughs> poly bag, you know, limited edition, come with a card, you know, unrippable Tyvek covers with a die cut <laughs> hole in the center and you know, right. And uh I think I've I know there's a bunch of other ones that they that they had with different things or whatever. Um a, a variant artist editions and mm, stuff. No, God. They still do that stuff. Uh you know, and uh they they came out there and they sold a shit ton of those books. Oh, and that and gotta have like a have like a a female protagonist with a hot body and big tits that is either mm-hmm. showing her 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 big tits or there's there's this hint of like possible nudity. Um <laughs> you know, that uh you know but that that's intriguing people and you know, and they sold a ton of those books and I'm not going to say that they were the reason for the crash, but you had people that just jumped on that bandwagon, mm-hmm. just put out the shittiest, cheapest thing they could as quickly as they could, grabbed that cash and just absconded and left the rest of the industry kind of struggling. And it was their fault, the industry's fault in a sense, because they they opened the doors for that and they perpetuated that mm-hmm. and they didn't stop that train when they realized that they had no brakes. Right, um, right. You know, so they, no, they nobody they, did anything to help. Right. They, they didn't <laughs> slow it down. They were like, oh, let's put some this, you know, Put some bags of sand out there. Something, something to slow us down with, you know. Uh, you know, they were just like, nah, the only way to slow the car down is to, you know, make it go faster, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I see the same thing here from, you know, from what you, you've been saying, some of the things I've seen. And it's that it's gonna, it's gonna go to this point where when it does crash, you're gonna have the, the people that, um, were the true people that are gonna be there now struggling. To mm-hmm. continue to do what they did before and try to build it back up, um, which sometimes it can't. So it's like, and it's like, it's not that I want these people to stop doing what they're doing. It's just, I just want to prevent that crash that could kill it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, um, and I think right now, web comics are one of the, one of the, the, the things we have to, as far as comic book fans or any kind of like, like hand drawn comic animation kind of things mm-hmm. that fans of that we really have to show our love and support to because one of the things we saw, especially right now, was where you had like some of the big comic uh, companies that stopped production completely and they didn't print and comic book stores weren't, they didn't have any new books to come out and they weren't yep. putting out anything digitally. And, you know, and you've got to start making plans and preparations for if something like this happens in the future or if it continues on or whatever happens. You know, um, and to say that what's, what's our next medium or what are, how are we going to be able to do this? Cause, you know, digital really tries for us comics ago and it didn't really take off, yeah. um, the way people thought it would. Um, but if we have another situation like this, that may be your only option for some, you know, to mm-hmm. get it out there, at least for the time being, you know, whatever that is. So you've got to keep that medium alive, you know, and not just on a respirator, you've got to keep it active it may not yeah. be like joe Fitbody, right but it at least has to be out there like power walking through the mall yeah so that you know you have more people to, to power walk with it it can't be limping along you mm-hmm. know on the side of the road with a walker because yeah everyone's gonna ignore it the thing is it's like it can grow and it needs to grow it's like what would excite me more than anything right now would be to see somebody who's like you know Here's here's the first 400 pages of what's going to be a 2,000 page story. And it's like that would thrill me, but nobody's doing that anymore, and it's so frustrating. 
Because it's like, I don't I don't know if there's ever going to be another Sam and Fuzzy. There, I don't know if there's ever going to be another thing where it's like, yeah, at the end of it, it's going to be, you know, like a nine graphic novel series or whatever. And it's like, well, you've already finished six of them, so I, I believe you. <laughs> I, I know you're well on your way to doing this. It's like, I don't I don't see that happening. It's like, this this was, for a window of time, this was something that people could make a pretty decent living off of. Not Not like a great living, but, you know, people I saw were comfortable with it. I mean, yeah, you also have, like, your train wrecks, like, questionable content, and holy shit, you know, we're, we're already, like, ten past the hour anyway, so I can't get into all that, but... And you, I will say that, you know, you were talking about people making a living off of it. Most webcomic people, they don't really make a living off of the webcomic themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because you're putting it out there for free. And, you know, some some people, I think, do charge, you know, for a subscription, you know, to the, the web series. Yeah, there's, which there's I, some subscription walls, which I, I, I don't do. I can't really see, but... One thing to remember is that for the people that are doing that, you know, if they're making any money off of it, it's off of any ad revenue, you know, that comes to their site, um, if they have that. <clears throat> but if you have people that are sharing it on different, you know, like sites like Reddit or other social media things, that mm-hmm. ad revenue you're not getting because they're, you know, sharing that um, to the directly to this thing. So they're not getting that. You're not getting a hit to your thing. But the only other way they're probably making any money off of it is collected editions. Mm-hmm. But that webcomic that they're doing, that takes time. Yeah. And if you're not making any money off of it, that means you have another job or something else that you're doing to earn money. And then I'm also still putting aside time to do this right here. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, it gets to a, a labor of love. Right. And if it gets to a point where people aren't feeling the love, you know, it's like, I don't really have a good reason to continue on because it's not doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's. It, if, it, if I, and if I can just put a little bit of extra time into something else that I'm doing, yeah, to 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 make up that money, then it becomes like well, or to actually make money, then it becomes this thing where it's like, well, is is it worth it for me to put four hours a week into doing this this web comic, or if I put that four hours into something else, right, right, that could you know, you know, I don't know, provide me with something with something more, you know, mm-hmm. that, or enrich my life in a in a way more than what I'm getting from this. Because I'm not getting, you know, the support or love. And not necessarily because they've got a bunch of hacks out there, but just because it's, you know, when things kind of get flooded or you, you, you know, it's, it's just like when, you know, when you're making friends with people, you know, you're guilt by association. Right. You know? Right. And, 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 you know, you don't want to, for people that don't know you, you don't want to get caught up in that. You don't want to be labeled as one of these other people when you're not because, you know, that you're, you're, you know, Spaceballs, like, I'm surrounded by assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, it used to be that when I told people that I made comics, they would always be like, Oh, you mean like Garfield? Uh, I, I, I like Doonesbury. And it's like, No, no, that's not at all the kind of thing I do. <laughs> and nowadays, it's more like, Great, if I tell people that I make comics, you know, that that's what they're going to think. And, you know, it's like, I'd almost rather be associated with, like, the Rage Face comics than some of the shit that I'm seeing today. What about uh, what about Pepe? Would, Pepe. You like, would you rather be associated with, with him? Pepe was originally pretty cool. It's not really the creator's... <laughs> no, hold on, hear me out. No, no, I know, I know that. I was just it's really not like, the... like, I'd rather be associated with that <laughs> this. It's not the creator's fault that the white supremacists kidnapped Pepe and, and uh, forced it to become their symbol of, uh, of their weird little faction and he actually has been trying to like like redesign the character and then copyright it so that they can't do that well i mean 
good luck with that. Yeah, right. It's the I mean, internet. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, I mean, like, I'm going to copyright it, but don't you, don't most like racist people like that, don't they kind of stay undercover? So it's going to be kind of hard to enforce that copyright <laughs> law for, for, for people who, who make it their job not to be known. <laughs> Like, well, I was going to be racist, but now that I found out that it's not really easy to do it legally. I mean, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I, I don't want to be associated with white supremacists. But, but yet you love racist Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, to be fair. <laughs> You've made better racist Bane jokes than I have. <laughs> That's because you limit yourself. You're so afraid <laughs> of being labeled a racist. <laughs> I can see when I make a certain joke and there's just a relief that washes over your face. You're like, good, the joke got out there and I didn't have to say it. <laughs> Thank good it's out there on the table. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, it seems like every season we have at least one episode where we do this where it's like, you know, it, it took us a long time to say, hey, but really all we're saying is we just wish people would give a damn about what they do. Yeah. It's just like. Just put, put some effort in there. And, and if, if what you're doing is the best you can do, then that, that's fantastic. Or, I mean... Or get good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's just like we've always said with that thing, just just grow. Mm-hmm. You know, and grow growth or growing doesn't always mean that you're going to, like, become exponentially better. Mm-hmm. But, you know... But, you know, it... It it shows it shows that uh, that passion and love for what you do, yeah. Because you're always striving to do something yeah. a little bit, uh, make it a little bit stronger than it was, you know, the day before. Yeah, yeah. Just just show some effort. Yeah, that was one thing that really stood out to me with Dave Sim. This this is going to be like my closing statement here. But uh, Dave Sim always said that whenever people would, you know, back when he was still going to cons, that whenever people would bring him their portfolio or bring them stacks of pages. Like, you know, he would, you know, he would look at it to see what constructive criticism he could offer. But, like, at the end of the day, his goal was, if you show me page 1 through page 20, and page 20 looks better than page 1 did, then I'm going to tell you, you're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep it up. That's all that he wants to see out of somebody, is to say, you've had growth from point A to point B. You're clearly trying to get better. It's like, that's, yeah, that's really all I strive for with my stuff. You know, as long as I can look and say that the last page is better than the first page, then I'm a happy camper. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, that makes perfect sense to me, man. So, yeah. Anyway, so, a little bit of a long episode, but uh, I, I think it was worth it. Yeah, it's, uh, it was good. You know, I didn't have a lot to really contribute. I just made a bunch of... Um, you know, bad references as we went through. But yeah, um, I, I, I think more than anything, whenever we have like one of these episodes, these episodes like this, it's not because we really want to shit on people. It's because we feel so passionate about it and because we have a love for it yeah. that, um, that we're just like, you know, we don't want to see it go away right. in any fashion. Right. We just, we always want to see it get better, you know? And that's really what we're saying is here is we just want, you just want to see, we just want this to get better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, anyway, all right, everyone. So, thanks um, for joining us. Thanks for listening. Um, this is Turk182. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Turk182 underscore KE. Yep, and uh, I'm Akomi. Once again, you can find me uh, pretty much anywhere at Akomi Draws. 
No, no, I'm sorry. You added Comey. I'm sorry. Uh, you were you you said that you're like at a Comey draws. I thought you were gonna say something else, but yeah, you're a Comey draws on everything. Yeah, right? yeah. Any any social media, a Comey draws. Um, yeah, and uh, and you know, thanks for checking us out, and please uh, like and subscribe. And I hate to do this um, and be like, please give us a rating and blah blah blah, but it's it's what I hear from every other podcast that I listen to, just about every other podcast that I listen to. So, and I'm not gonna say it just because everyone's saying it, there has to be some truth in it. But even the bigger podcasts that I listen to, um, you know, are always saying the same thing, which is, you know, you know, please give us a like, um, so, you know, subscribe if you like what we're doing here, um, you know, give us a review, you know. You know, five stars is is always the the best because that really kind of helps elevate us so that uh, we can get um, you know get our name out there more. Hopefully, get more listeners, and uh, the more listeners we get, the you know the stronger our, our podcast gets, and uh, the more the, the more we can do, and the more time we can invest in it and make the podcast grow. Yeah. Um, you know, we've. I would say we, we, it was like a mantra of ours that we say this every time, but or we've said this in the past, but you know, this is, um, this is, this is kind of our labor of love. Yeah. And, uh, we both have other, the other works and jobs and, and, um, uh, and projects that we're doing, but, um, the, the, the more you can help our podcast to grow, the more time that we can actually put into, into our podcast and making it, and I'm not going to say necessarily making it better, but, making it stronger. Um, and so, yeah, please, like I said, um, if you like it, you know, leave us a review. Um, and, uh, like I said, you know, if you can give us five stars, that's fantastic. And for those of you that don't necessarily like it, um, if you have to leave us a review, say, don't really like it. That's, that's, that's fine. But I will ask you this, you know, tell us something that you didn't, at least say what you didn't like about it, because we're never going to get better. If you just say this sucks, (laughs) you know? So thanks a lot, everyone. Bye. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>